there and welcome to another edition of the Jersnet Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by Fans for Fans where the content is absolutely free. It's another bonus episode of the Jersnet Podcast. We're previewing uh, the Aberdeen game tomorrow. We'll be presented with the SPFL Trophy tomorrow after what, nine, ten years. Uh, so looking forward to that. Uh, I'm your host for tonight. I'm Colin Armstrong. As I say to you every week, guys, it's not just the podcast we have here at Jersnet. We've, we've got articles, there's a forum there, history archive on the website, and Frankie has his social media as well. Uh, if this is your first time listening to the pod, we would ask you to subscribe, leave a wee comment on our YouTube channel, and put the word, word out there in, on social media. Uh, we're live tonight. Uh, it's a Friday night before the game, but the podcast will be to have, will be available to download or stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all the usual places, guys, that you get your pods. Uh, and now to, to bring in my guests for tonight, uh, the average age is well up again tonight. Uh, it's John McCallum. Uh, how are you, John? How's your Friday been? You looking forward to tomorrow? I am looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, ah, Friday's been fine. It's all about Saturday this week, wasn't it? It's uh, I mean, even in the midweek game, you were just, okay, let's go over with, let's give a Saturday. So it's, been like that. it's been like that for March when we won it, really, isn't it? It's just like, <laughs> it's just keep that cup. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm delighted that we won it so early, but there has been a slight uh, downside to that, and that there's no been the same sort of edge around the, the league games, although obviously we're still going for the unbeaten thing, uh, and just waiting for the presentation. It's just, it just feels like. Ages, you know, I mean, well, it must be about two months now since we've done it. So, it's mid March now. Tomorrow's the 15th. Was, uh, no, was it no, the 7th of March? You won it? No, but I'm saying tomorrow's the 15th. So, the 15th, aye. aye, aye so, two, two, two months, two and a bit months. So, aye, it'll be good to finally get it. Uh, I, I would, tomorrow's I would when you really feel as not being there. But I think tomorrow's the day yeah. that really will kick in. It will seem a bit surreal not, no, not being there when they get the trophy. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I was actually thinking about it today, and I, I think this is the first time Rangers have been presented with the SPL Trophy at Ibrox since 2003. Since that day, with our 50th title, the day we played Dunfermline. Uh-huh. I, 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 I can't recall, because in 2005, we won it at Easter Road. Uh, then it was, we won it at Tanadice in 2009. Easter Road again, 2010, and... Rugby Park. Rugby Park. So, that, I mean, this is the first time there's been a presentation at Ibrox for nearly 20 years, mm-hmm. which is incredible. That's all right. It, 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 it used to happen all the time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in my years in the early 20s, you know, it was, it was every, every, other, every other season you were getting presented with the trophy at Ibrox. That, that game you're talking about, the, when Arteta scored the, the penalty, yeah. the, the last goal, I was in an airport. Um, it, it, I, some bad planning, and I found myself in an, in an airport getting that by text message. <laughs> People text me because it's you know they didn't have you know you didn't have the internet. Yeah, there was no apps yeah. and things like that in the phones, and I was getting that by text message in an airport. Was it, was it a Nokia you had? It would have been, eh? Something yeah. Like that. <laughs> yeah, and getting it by text message. And what was it? one of the problems was there was about eight different people texting me, and the phone was just going constantly. constantly. Like, yeah. Who scored and? Did that text come in because there were so many goals? It was nonsense. Yeah, and aye. did that text come in before that one, or does it come after that one? Is this? Oh, that was an absolute nightmare. Oh, it was, it was brutal. It was. I was there that day. I was. I, I was in the Copeland Real that day, and it was. It was similar at the game. To be fair, because we were getting updates for the the Celtic game. You know what I mean? So people's phones were going constantly. 
Uh, and the guy that next game to game after they'd lost the, the yeah, Seville. Yeah, aye. So we won the treble that year and, and they ended up with nothing. But uh, the guy next to me, we were about 15 minutes ago, he just turned to me and went, Colin, I can't deal with this anymore. And he left. <laughs> <laughs> he stood in the concourse until he just, he just like I, I can't deal with this anymore. It's too much. <laughs> so he, he just went down in the concourse and I think he sat in the toilet for the last thirty minutes and waited to hear the roar. You know what I mean? And then he came bounding back up the stairs when he knew he'd won it. It was it was brutal, and it wasn't until I think it, I think when Tom, uh, no Thompson, sorry, when De Boer scored because for a long period Celtic were in front. Yeah. You know, and then De Boer scored, and then Thompson scored quickly after that, and then I'm sure it was only about then that Alan Thompson missed the penalty, and that's when you started to feel it was it was maybe going to be yeah, uh, but, oh, an incredible day, a brilliant. I, I day, do not recommend sitting in a French airport <laughs> trying to follow the <laughs> a shootout last day championship decider. Uh, tomorrow I will enjoy more. I'm telling you that. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, right, so. I, I, before we, we get on to tomorrow, I thought we would have a wee quick look at the Livingston game. I, I think you had a bit of a senior moment with that one, though, did you not? I was kind of hoping you weren't going to tell. Me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so turns out, it, it turns out 1,800 hours is not the same as 8 p.m. No, it's not. No, it's totally yeah. different. To be fair, I nearly got caught out as well. It was on the day that I noticed it. And my son had a, had a game. He was playing through in Stirling. So I'd arranged to run him through, and my wife was going to go and pick him up. And then, like half an hour before the game, I was like, "By the way, change of plans. <laughs> I've just, I've just found that the game's kicking off in half an hour, so you're going to have to take them." So I, I didn't go down very well, but aye, aye. But you missed the game uh, pretty much in its entirety. I missed most of it. I, I started. My, my cousin and I text during the match. We're, we're, that's kind of that's how we communicate, and, and and I started noticing my phone texts coming in, and yeah. sitting eating dinner with my family. And, the, the phone, the thunder, what the hell's that? Why is he texting me things just now? <laughs> what's, what's going on? So I saw most, I saw some of the second half. I didn't see most, I saw some of the second half, but I, 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 no, I had I had other things going on with the kids and things. I, unlike you, I don't abandon my children when Rangers are playing. I, I, oh, they, every time. I'm sorry. <laughs> they they, no, they just get dumped. Uh, <laughs> are you getting more Nigerian points for that, to be fair? Yeah, well, you get more brownie points for the wife, so, you know, it's <laughs> six and a half. Yeah, the one balances the other one out. Aye, aye. I mean, the, the first thing I noticed was the, the there's two things, early doors. One, the the sort of socially distant uh, guard of honour. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of nonsense, really, isn't it? I mean, I don't want to, like, you know, play down, you know, because it's quite sporting of them, to be fair. You know, it's a nice gesture, but I, I just think people get so wound up about these things. I just think that's, that's just a waste of time. I, I, I mean, I, I think they're generally a waste of time when, you know, they're getting done normally. But when the team's coming out, you know, 60 yards to the other end of the park, it just, it just seems <laughs> a total waste of time. They're standing there like that. So, I mean, fair play to Levy, but I found it pointless. And another thing I found quite funny, was uh, what's the lovely manager's name again? Is it Martindale? Martindale, David Martindale. Wearing a pair of denims on the bench. I thought, <laughs> you know what it reminded me? Uh, I don't, I don't know if you if you can remember. Every now and again, you used to get the shinty on on BBC One Scotland on a Saturday, right? And I, I don't know what it was, and I don't know if it still happens, but everybody had a kit on apart for the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper always had like a shell suit top on and a pair of a pair of jeans, and he was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like 
<laughs> Looks like he's been dragged at the pub like twenty minutes before the game. Going, oh, somebody's not turned up, Angus. Can you can you fill in for us? You know what I mean? And that's what it reminded me when I saw him sitting on the bench. I thought, oh, has he got a game of shinty on the go? I think you have to be quite drunk to be a shinty goalkeeper. I mean, that is yeah. probably it's murder ball, isn't it? I mean, it's it's the most violent sport in the world. <laughs> so no, yeah, Martindale's interesting, isn't he? He's a uh, he's a he's a. A character of Scottish football, I think, yeah. is is how we say it. But I, I it's not. Very, I, I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the applauding the other team out the park. I kind of think that's not for the likes of us. You know, no. Scottish football. That's us trying to pretend we're. I don't know, like some big league where everyone respects each other. We don't. We all hate each other. Yeah. Let's be honest. Livingston fans hate us. I don't have anything, any feelings at all towards Livingston fans, but. You know, I don't really particularly want them to upload that. I think in everyday life you get that kind of hatred that you're talking about. I mean, I done a, I done a ten k run, and it, it was it was round Bella Houston Park out to uh, Pollock Country Park, and then back again. So as as us slow ones were running out, the front runners were already coming back, right on the other side of the road. Right. So, you know, the first two or three go past, and folk were like, oh. Brilliant, mate. Well done. But the fourth or fifth one, it was like, get it up, you. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> <Tripping> Smart <up>. ass. <laughs> so so there's, there's that kind of nature in us anyway, you know what yeah. I mean? So I, I, I found it a bit pointless. I must admit. Don't be getting uh, too big for yourself is, is how no. we view it. So, yeah. so I, I mean, I, I know the I know the listener will be hanging on this, but are you a tracksuit manager or are you a, a, a suited and booted manager? I mean, what should a manager wear then? Well, I, I, I mean, I think every, I mean, I think Stevie G turned up with a pair of denims, there would be an issue with them not. I think a Rangers manager should always be wearing a suit. But obviously in today's game, the tracksuit seems to be more, although Pep's went dead trendy, he looks like he's just community top man, you know what I mean, on a I Saturday mean, afternoon. He's and things, yeah. <laughs> but that's it's new it's money. With the kids. New money, Man City, isn't it? It's not, it's not the same. <laughs> nah, nah. Did you, did you see them celebrating the title outside the ground? It's like six of them outside a kebab yeah. shop in the morning. Yeah, pretty, it was pretty poor, wasn't it? Pretty poor. Anyway, back to the game. So celebrations at a funeral, to be honest with you. <laughs> right, the, the penalty for the first goal, John. Uh, I mean, a lovely retouch for Ruth. I thought it was yeah. an exquisite retouch. Uh, don't think there's any doubts about the penalty. Good to see Tav getting a goal again for, for the penalty spot because obviously he's missed a few recently. No, I mean, stuck it away well actually because the keeper went the right way. Um, yeah. A stonewall penalty for me. Um, I mean, had you saw him coming, but stonewaller, I don't think you can. I, I'm sure there are people out there who, who are howling at it. But see, yeah. see on Wednesday, I did actually. I'm not so sure, but I watched that again today and I was like, no, actually, it's a stonewaller. Yeah. And the build up was lovely, like you say, Roof. Yeah. Um, I thought Roof had a decent game, but. Um, it, it was funny. It was a, it was a very Hadji like pass. You know, that's one of the things that that Hadji does well. I think we're going to talk about Hadji later on. But I think that's one of the things Hadji does well that often goes missing is just that that lovely one touch pass yeah. and a player's away, and it completely changes the flow uh, of a move. And it was a lovely ball. Yeah, no, no. But no, he's a lovely footballer, and he's maybe yeah, just ah, yeah, exactly. back into form again. It's it's just injuries that are sort of. You know, hold him back. He, he, Absolutely. I said that a couple of weeks ago. If he, if he just managed to get a run at it, you, there would maybe be an argument to say that he could become as important and maybe even more important than Morelos to the team. But he just, he, as it stands at the moment, he's a bit like Ryan Jack. He just, you, you don't know you're going to get enough games out of him, you know. And then he's out for three, four games, and then it takes him two, three games to get back up to speed. And you can maybe get two, three games out of him, and then, and then he's out again. So, aye, it's a bit frustrating. 
Uh, the second goal, John, uh, I, I, I must admit, it reminded me, do you, do you remember the Foe's goal? Was it against Ross County? You know, Tav sort of floated it out right over and the Foe just ran on it, one touch, sort of passed it into the net. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I thought Kent could have done that, but it's even he passed it out to Morelos, I was like, what's he doing? Yeah. <laughs> and then Morelos got it back. It was, it was kind of like, why take one touch when you can take three? Uh, but it was still, still a crank goal. Yeah. Well, two things. I think not every football player can do what Dafoe did with that goal. No, true. I think okay. that's one of these things that he just made it look so easy. And in actual fact, that is seriously a hard skill. Uh, you know, to cushion a pass like that with the accuracy he had on it. Yeah, most most professional football players can't do that. Um, so uh, I think that's the first thing to say. I, I, I mean, I thought it kind of summed up Rangers a little bit. Um, last season, we would have done that. And we wouldn't have scored. Yeah. But this season when we do it, we do score, you know, and, and our, our passing was crisp. Um, you know, last season, he'd have knocked it out to Morales and Morales would have shot into the side net. Um, this season, Morales has his head up, looks, buzzed it back to him. It was a lovely goal, a lovely passing move. Um, you know, we spoke earlier today about goal of the season and, you know, there's been, there's been two or three spectacular goals this season. But actually, yeah. when you look back, there's been half a dozen goals, not unlike the second goal, where, where you know, the, the, the passing, the movement, you know, in any other season, you'd be raving about them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there has there's been quite a few decent team goals this season. Aye. You know, I mean, it, it was actually seeing, like, obviously you're talking about, you know, we were voting for our, you know, uh, player of the season and all that kind of thing today. I was struggling to think of all the goals because there has been so many good ones, you know what I mean? And the one that stood out for me was, was, was sort of a task free kick at, at Tanadice, but... Yeah, there has been, uh, uh, thinking back as well, that goal against Galatasaray, you know, it started for Alan McGregor, you know, just passed all the way through between the lines, goes to Barisic and he crosses it and it's Tav. So it's one full back to another. You know what I mean? Just brilliant stuff. But as you say, because there's been so many of those th- th- this season. That goal's almost forgotten. Yeah, it has, aye. There's no doubt I mean, about the, it. Yeah. The, the second goal against Benfica away, um, Kamara's goal. And that's another one that started yeah. off literally started off, you know, about a yard in from our own, uh, our own penalty, you know, their own byline. Um, and they just, we just passed it all over the park against, you know, an exceptionally yeah, good football yeah, team. Good team. So, yeah. um, and I probably won't even make our top three. I'm, uh, actually, when, when that was mentioned the other day, I was struggling to remember it. You know what I mean? I just sort of really, because it has, there's been, there's been so many this season. Yeah. Uh, on to, on to the, the, the final goal of the night. Now, Hadji, we'll, we'll come on and speak to him now. Good finish. You know, kind of showing that he's really two-footed. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I, I, I don't think it matters what foot that ball comes to. You know, he's taken a one-touch finish. Uh, finished it off well. Some really good work for Aribo, though, I thought. You know, he done really well on that left-hand side to, to put in uh, Eaton. And as I say, Hadji got the goal... And given his numbers, you know, I've was, I was seen the, the sort of names getting bandied about for young player of the year. And to, to see that Hadji wasn't really sort of getting quoted for that. I mean, I think he's one of these players that does his job. He's almost, you know, underestimated, seriously underestimated because he, he goes about his job so quietly and, and so sort of professionally. I think people just take it, take him for granted. You know what I mean? It's I know a lot of people who get frustrated at Hadji. They actually... They're not actually too sure about him. But when you produce the numbers, they're, they're a bit surprised. You know, oh, I didn't know he scored as many as that. I didn't know he'd... I think he's got the most assists than the anyone in the league. league. Yeah. 
And yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think a huge amount of people know that. You know what I mean? He <laughs> just seems to be one of these players that goes about his business quietly and 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 in, in such a way that it actually maybe does him harm. You know what I mean? Because a lot of supporters don't appreciate how good he is. All right. I mean, uh, what, what we talk about, Hadji, just now, because... I agree with you entirely. I think Hadji has two problems. One, his transfer fee, you know, that he, he costs quite a lot of money. And two, his name. name the yeah. man will always be in the shadow of his father. And, and whatever he goes on to achieve in the game, his father will always be seen as a better player than him. And I think that's actually yeah. quite a burden to carry. Um, but you're right. I suspect quite a lot of Rangers supporters would probably look at Hadji and say, ah, if we sold him in the summer, wouldn't be all that bothered, yeah. you know. I, I, I don't think he's he's quite won the support over yet, and that's strange because he has played in important games and he's played well in important games, but he's also played in games that, you know, with hindsight, where have been important, but perhaps at the time we didn't, you know, you know, games against um, you know teams in the bottom six. Yeah. Well, you got to win those games, and those were games we were losing last season. And I actually think that's one of the reasons Hadji was brought in was to help us win games like that. Um, his assist record is fantastic. Um, again, like a, like a number of of for me, you get players like Hadji where it doesn't come off every time. You know, and it just doesn't. That type of player doesn't always come off. The pass doesn't always come off. The the flick doesn't always come off. But he's a hardworking guy, and, I, and I, yeah. what I like about Hadji is he doesn't hide. And even if it's no. not going well, he, he doesn't hide. He just, he's, you know, he, he still gets stuck in. Um, I'll tell you something else. He's, he's not scared either. He's completely he's, forget he's got, he's got a about, about. I think we completely forget about the fact that he actually is quite young. Um, and uh, you and I have spoken about this before um, this year. Some of these guys will have had a difficult year. You know, I mean, Hadji, how many folk in Scotland did Hadji know? You know, not many. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's he's a young guy. He's he's only been living here for what sixteen months or something. I won't know. So he's had a he's had a tough year. This is not the year he expected to have um, outside of football. Um, and I think you sometimes have to bear that in mind. Um, and I think we all forget what age is. You know, I think we we yeah. think of him as a more senior player because he cost us quite a lot of money. Um, I think if Hadji had had you know joined us from Hamilton for fifty grand. I think if Hadji had been, you know, Nathan Patterson, we would view him very, very differently. Yeah. Very differently. Or, or, or even a Kamara, you know, as you're saying, the 50 grand came in, something like that. Perfect, perfect uh, example. I wish I'd, I'd thought of him. I, I, <laughs> it, was, it was a better analogy, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, another thing he's got is, I, I think he's, he's not dirty, but he's he's got a bit of, Dig about him, you know. What I mean, he's he's no fear to put a tackle on, and he, he's no scared to take a tackle either. Yeah, no, he sees them coming. Um, I think actually that that's one of the strengths in his games is that he he can he knows he's getting fouled, and I think he's yeah. ready for it. I, I think that type of player has to be hard. You know, I remember I remember an interview many years ago, and there was a guy discussing the West Ham team, and he was talking about some player that West Ham had who was you know kind of guy who was seen as a kind of hard case and. Um, he was saying how, you know, he, he's not the hardest guy in the team. The hardest guy in the team is this guy there who's the ball player. Because every time he goes out, he knows he's going to get kicked senseless by yeah. the other team. So then still, he gets up every single time, gets his head up and tries to make that pass in. And, and there's again, a lot of truth yeah. in that. Um, you know, it, it, it's, there's no point in, in pretending that these guys don't get affected by 
Fairly, they don't get you know they cost it to. Um, you've seen it with Kent a couple of times. You've seen Kent's head go down. I thought against Prague. I thought you know Prague were you know a lot of what happened after the Prague match overshadowed the actual match itself. Yeah. But one of the things Prague were really good at was fouling. You know, it was a different player each time. They seemed to know the line they could get to without actually crossing it and getting somebody booked or sent off. And they did that to Kent the whole match. And and it, it nullified him. You know, he, yeah. he, he wasn't able to do what we know Kent can do. Um, Hadji gets a bit of that. Um, but like you say, he seems to get up, brush himself down, go on it. Yeah, and as you say, that's a sign of a, a sort of a brave player. You know what I mean? A brave player. It's a player that plays with his head as well. You know, he knows yeah. he's coming, he knows he's getting it, but he's willing to get on it. He's willing to take it, yeah. Uh, I mean, moving on to tomorrow, you know, uh, the big day, so to speak. Now, before we go on and talk about the game itself, I, I think it's important that we sort of cover the the sort of nonsense that's, that's happening now with the sort of, you know, the proposed celebrations in George Square and Ibrox and all that kind of thing. And I don't, I don't know how, how you feel about it. You know, the, I mean, the club made a statement today. Uh, you know, saying that fans shouldn't, or, or they should remain safe. Essentially, they should should celebrate in a safe manner. You know, Rangers were getting a bit of criticism earlier on this week for not saying anything. Uh, I seen tonight. I was out for a walk before we we came on air tonight, and I've seen there that Glasgow has been extended in tier three for another week, which feels. I mean, I don't want to get all paranoid and all the rest of it, but it, it, the whole thing just feels political. And you want to know something? I am getting fed up. Rangers being used in this manner, you know what I mean? It, it, I mean, nothing's even happened yet, and already the criticism's going, and the, you know the, the you can almost feel like the, the the journalists getting ready to sort of get started on this. I noticed Chris McLaughlin of the BBC; he made a statement today saying, uh, "Yeah, according to my sources, Rangers are very angry." And you're thinking, "Well, how do you know?" You know, they just, they just don't talk to the BBC, right? And someone pulled them up about it, right? And it was just like, oh, someone who's very close to the story told me. And you're like, well, how vague is that? You know what I mean? And it just feels there's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, I noticed Celtic put a tweet out saying we're closing our shop in uh, Argyle Street tomorrow. You know, just all this utter nonsense uh, surrounding this sort of celebration. And there's been other gatherings. I mean, there was one in George Square like two or three days ago, you know, linked to the, the stuff going on in Palestine and Israel at the moment. So there was a big protest in George Square. And you don't hear any sort of complaints. You don't hear anyone coming out and saying, well, you know, you shouldn't be doing that because of the, the current situation with COVID and all that kind of thing. And and, and something that hasn't even happened yet is it's in the paper. It's been it's been a, a sort of daily news event all week this week. And I, I'm just getting fed up with Rangers being used in this sort of way. I don't think I'm going to make myself popular here. I've uh, I've been winning friends and influencing people in the Jersnet message board today. Can I tell you, Colin? <laughs> I think I'm going to increase that unpopularity. <laughs> I live in Glasgow. I am I am fairly unhappy about the fact that this you know our our, our level has been extended again. Um, that I find very frustrating. That's going to affect me personally. It affects my family affects my job. Um, I don't think that's a decision that's been made with Rangers in mind. I don't think that's a decision that's been made with um, with any thinking about tomorrow. Maybe people will think I'm naive. I don't think that's the case. I'm not saying it's not a political decision. 
Um, you know, I'm not saying it's that politics hasn't played a part in the decision, but I don't think it's got a great deal to do with us. Um, there is, from you know, from everything I have read, Colin, in the last 48 hours, and, and this has been coming, there's been murmurs about this now for a couple of days in Glasgow. So th this has been coming. We've been getting prepared for it. Uh, and it hasn't made the news any easier to take, but we have been getting prepared for it. Um, everything I've read about this Indian variant tells me that, that apparently it is um, 50%. You're 50% more likely to, to, to transmit it than the Kent variant, which was the, the, apparently before this the, the most transmittable one. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately, most of the more vulnerable people in our society have had a couple of vaccines now and you're hoping that that, that, that helps them. But I think we need to be realistic here, Colin. I, I think there is a potentially a, a, a you know, a national, there is a potentially a health danger to the people of Glasgow um, because there's, there's a, a, a fairly big upturn in cases. Now, without sounding too boring, there was always going to be an upturn in cases in Glasgow when the schools went back, when shops reopened, when restaurants opened, when, you know, bars could start, because people are starting to mix together again. When there was protests in George Square on Wednesday. So as soon as people start mixing together again, then you're going to see an increase in, 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 in people catching this. So that, that, was, that was always going to happen. So I don't suspect that this has come as a huge surprise to health professionals, but I think politicians have made this decision because they are very nervous. They don't want to see having to shut down us in, in the summer and things like that. I think they're probably being overly cautious just now. So it's a political decision, yes it is. I don't think it's got anything to do with us. I really don't think that, Colin. Um, I think Chris McLaughlin's a, a, a walloper and not somebody that we should be paying any attention to. Like you say, he has got no inside information coming from my books. I don't even think ex-players talk to Chris McLaughlin. No. His, his bridges were burnt a long time ago. Um, he's mischief-making, uh, in my opinion. Um, he can say what he wants, but he's mischief-making, and, and the people who've pulled him up for that, more power to them. All that said, Colin, I don't think Rangers supporters should be anywhere near Ibrox tomorrow or should be anywhere near Joss Square. I think that's a mistake. I, last time round, I defended Rangers supporters. I think it was a fairly spontaneous outpouring of joy. Um, uh, people shouldn't have done it, but... I understand why people did it. Um, I think there was, as I said, there was a, sp a spontaneity about it. I think there was a you know, pent up frustration. Um, and then there was the outpouring of joy of, of actually winning a league. Um, and, and not just any league, but the first league for a long time and the first league after that, that journey we'd been through. I absolutely understood it and I defended the people who did it. I defended them to people who were very, very critical of them and I defended them to people like yourself who, who, who were not critical of them in the slightest. I couldn't defend people tomorrow. We won that league, we just talked about it, we won that league two months ago. There's nothing spontaneous about this. You know, it, 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 you are not just putting yourself in danger, you're putting other people in danger. Um, no, don't do this. This is, this is a mistake. Um, from a public health perspective, I, I hope people don't do this. I think it's a mistake. From an optics perspective, in terms of how it will look, I hope people don't do it because we will be absolutely crucified in the press and in the media if, but if we I mean, get thousands of people turning up there tomorrow we will be crucified in the media yeah and, and, and I get that but again it's this consistency John it's the 
No, I get what you're saying, concerns about the public health thing and all that, and I, I get that, I totally get that, and this new variant, but we have seen public gatherings this week, you know, I mean, there's, there was one in George Square, there was one in Port Shields. Now, I saw someone today saying, you know, oh, there's a big difference between a, a, a group gathering for, you know, to defend human rights than a group gathering to celebrate, you know, a, a football and achievement. And I was like, well, is that really? Because does the, does the does the virus know? <laughs> or that's a human rights-based protest, so I'll stay away from that one. I'll just I'll just spread at the, at the football one. If, if people are gathering, there should be the same criticism aimed at everyone who's doing it. And that's what I find frustrating. You know, a lot of these events that have happened this week in Glasgow, no criticism for the same people who are coming out and, you know, demanding that the Rangers do something and that the supporters don't meet up. And as you say, preempting the they're they're getting ready to put the boot in on Sunday and Monday when this inevitably does happen. Because there will be a gathering tomorrow. I think we all know that. There's going to be people in George Square. There's going to be people at Ibrox. That's the way it is. So it, it feels like, you know, there are other incidents of this happen. We've seen supporters gathering elsewhere as well. The Dungeon United fans gathered a couple of weeks ago there to see their team off to the semi-final. You know, Partick Thistle fans gathered outside for Hull when they won it. We've never seen anything like the criticism that was aimed at Rangers supporters for gathering in George Square a couple of months back. And it came out not that long after that gathering that there was no spite, there was no cases linked to that gathering. Now, I, I, I take on board everything you're saying. I get it. You know what I mean? These are, you know, I've never lived through anything like this. These are unprecedented times. I get that. But it's a lack of consistency that gets me. And it's the, it's the feeling that this has all been set up to just be one big shit show on Sunday and Monday in the papers and in the media. Uh, coupled with that, coupled with the, th- the, the, the prospect, uh, it feels inevitable to me that, that Celto will make some sort of announcement this week. You know, it feels like any sort of positivity which should be coming out of Ibrox now, given that we're just going to be presented with a first league title in a decade, is just going to be swept to the side. You know, if, if there is an announcement for Celtic, all the good news, you know, that'll get a lot of publicity. And all that, all that we'll be left with is a criticism for fans gathering in George Square. And that's what annoys me. It's, it's, it's a feeling that this has just been building up all week and there's not the same attitude being deployed to us as there is to other supporters, groups, whatever, who have been gathering. Apparently, I mean, I don't want to get into the politics, uh, you know, the, the cons- constitutional debate now. But speaking to somebody the day, and they're like, you know, there's been loads of these sort of pro-indie marches and all the rest of it all through this this pandemic, and it's just not getting any headlines or or coverage, and 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 that's what gets me. You know, I mean, if there is criticism to be had, fine, I'll take it, but there has to be consistency with that criticism as well. So if other you know demographics are gathering in public, then they should be getting the, the, receiving the same level of criticism in our thing. So, so there's two there's two issues there. Do uh, 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 what you're saying is you're unhappy because you feel that they're, they're, that what we are seeing is football supporters and particularly Rangers supporters treated differently by the media. I, I, am I am I paraphrasing what you I would, I would say, what you've said into? I would um, say more Rangers supporters because we've, we've seen. I mean, even even going back to like when Celtic fans were rioting outside Celtic Park. Yeah, you know when they were getting chucked to. Uh, the, the league cop in Ross County beat them and all that kind of thing. For two or three weeks in a row, there was there was gatherings outside that stadium and incidents. And it feels like 
that just kind of got brushed over a wee bit. You know, it was a minor thing, not that big a deal. They gathered outside Hamden to, to welcome the team when they were playing Hearts in the cup final. They were there when the team came out. They were gathered outside Celtic Park on Wednesday night to, to say cheerio to Bruni. You know, I mean, it, it just feels like it, it's not the same... Uh, the same attitude to, to these gatherings is, is what's building up for this. This is happening tomorrow. There's people going to be in Jaw Square tomorrow. You know what I mean? That, that's as simple. I'm not defending it, but that's what's going to happen. And it'll be the same at Ibrox. And it just feels like it's it's been building up and building up. And it's just going to be one negative sort of shit show at the end of it all. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. I don't think, you know, I, I think the only people you can blame for that are people are going to go. Yeah, I'm sorry. You know, don't go. You know, it's it's clear. Don't go. Um, I've no particular interest in having a constitutional debate with with you or anyone else on the Jersnet podcast, and I don't imagine any of the people who listen are particularly interested in that either. But football supporters have been treated differently from other sections of society for as long as I've been going to see football matches. Long as I have been an active football supporter, football supporters have been treated differently. That just happens. I mean, that's not, that didn't happen this year. That has always happened. You have always been treated differently. And without, you know, without sugarcoating this, it takes football supporters dying before we people even consider treating us in the same way as you would treat other groups. Okay? That, that's, that's just the reality. And I don't think that's just the media... I think that's society as general. I think that's the police. I think that's you know society in general. They view a political march and they view a group of football supporters differently, rightly or wrongly. And I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying it is. I'm just saying that's just a fact of life, and it has always been a fact of life. That's not something new. So have other organ have other groups of people being in Jaw Square. Quite probably, I don't know. I've not been in Jaw Square. Um, if they have, like you say, it hasn't made much news. Um, uh, they shouldn't have been, they should have been criticised. That doesn't mean we should be there. That doesn't mean our support should go to George Square. And I do genuinely think part of this issue is George Square. I think if they stayed at Ibrooks, I think if it was all on Edmiston Drive, I actually don't think there would be anything like the same level of criticism. There still would be some, but nothing like the same level of criticism. But you get to George Square... Yeah, I think I think there will be a lot of criticism if a lot of fans turn up. I hope they don't. I, I suspect you're right. I suspect a lot will. I suspect a lot of supporters, but will agree with you. A lot of supporters are hacked off. They see other other demonstrations, other large groupings going by, and nobody criticising them. Um, and they see us getting criticised, and they get quite annoyed about that. And I think we end up with a little bit of that. No one likes us. We don't care. Attitude. Yeah. And I think that is to our detriment from a PR perspective. And I think it'll be our absolute detriment tomorrow. And like you, if us being presented with a trophy is overshadowed by events in the city centre or whatever, you know, I'll be really depressed. Now, but, you know, you don't tune in Sunday night because I'll be, I'll not be <laughs> Sunday night if that's what happens. And and uh, yeah, there is a decent chance that is what's going to happen. Um, so we just have to see. I also worry, and again, you know, the doom monger, you know, the police, the Glasgow police were heavily criticised in some some quarters after um, the last time. Yeah, I think they'll be different this time. You know, they were they weren't heavy handed enough. You know, they should have kettled the range of supporters. They should have, you know, forcibly dispersed them. The Glasgow police get quite a lot of criticism. 
you know, I worry that they might just think, well, I don't fancy being criticised for that again, so this time we'll be a bit more heavy-handed and this time... And then you don't know where that goes. You, know, you yeah. just don't know where that leads. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, you know. I have... I am under absolutely no illusions that I have carried any authority with anybody listening. But as a Glaswegian, as someone living in Glasgow, I would ask you not to come. If you're travelling, don't come. You know, uh, it just... It's... I don't think it's going to end well. You know, celebrate the day with your family. Celebrate the day. Watch. You don't even get to see the bloody game. You know, stay at home and watch yeah. the game. <laughs> but, that, that, that's the one thing that gets me. You know, is, is you know, folks saying you, you're going to going to go to your eyebrows. I was like, well, how would you see the game? You know, what I mean, yeah. and, and, and you know, and that's what you want to see the game. And how would you see the presentation? Exactly. You know what I mean, you just be standing outside. But it's it's it, most folk I've, I've spoken to have said they're, they're, they're going to try and make their way through after the game but yeah. I suppose we'll see you but, and it's an early kickoff, so yeah, a lot of time look Colin last thing on this I understand this that you know football is you know part of football is being part of a crowd you know yeah. certainly part of, of football support and I mean you know you and I will not have to think long to give many many examples of when you have been part of something you have been part of something bigger than you when, when 50,000 people as one have risen to something that is part of football part of the the attraction of going to see football is the, the absolute adrenaline rush that comes from being with other people like-minded people enjoying you know celebrating great moments you know going through horrific moments together you know that collective being i get that that's important to football supporters i get it's yeah. it's part of what makes us it's why we get up our friday nights to do this you know you know it's that's part of it i understand that. i understand the desire to do this and under any other circumstances i would go along but the circumstances just now it's a mistake I am in. I am in the minority on that. I, I accept that. Well, I don't even see what the comments are saying on, the, on YouTube tonight. See if see if I miss the last train. Can I crash at yours? <laughs> a, I have a shed. If you can move the bike, <laughs> I'll wear my face mask. Honest. <laughs> uh, right before we, before we talk about the game, John, uh, I need to. A highlight our partnership with Rangers Pick. So if you fancy winning a share of £2,500 uh, this week, guys, uh, then play Rangers Picks, the official Rangers Pick'em game, which is available to play for every Rangers match. It's usually free, but it's not this week. It's it's £5 to play this week. And to play, all you have to do is visit www.rangerspicks.com. Complete a series of questions about the game tomorrow, uh, and I'll, I'll give you a chance to win a share of that £2,500. The more fans that play, the more money the club receives. Uh, you must be over 18 to play and terms and conditions apply. And as always, guys, with this kind of thing, please play responsibly. Uh, right, John, so on to the big day, on to the actual game itself and, you know, receiving the trophy and all that kind of thing. Uh, you know, the win on Wednesday, we, you know, we broke our own record in terms of uh, points obtained in one season. Could break the 100-point barrier tomorrow. Uh, also, the chance if they win tomorrow, 100% you know win rate at Ibrox, you know phenomenal stuff, you know. And the, the worst thing about it is we've not been in there to see it. Yeah, I mean, let's hope we're talking about that on Sunday night. Let's hope what we're talking about on Sunday night is, uh, you know, the the icing on a wonderful season, um, and you know, doing it against Aberdeen. Aberdeen haven't been much of a challenge or tours in, in, in recent times but still quite enjoyable to do it against them um, so that, that for me you know it, it's, I mean in the reality the result tomorrow doesn't matter 
And like you, I remember, I remember the first time I saw Rangers win the league properly um, against Aberdeen. I mean, we get presented with it um, against, I was St Mirren. Uh, I yeah, looked, yeah, it must have been yeah. the following Saturday or two Saturdays later or whatever. And, I was and, on the pitch that day. Uh, yeah, I think we were all on the yeah. pitch. Yeah, yeah. I think I actually still have a bit of the pitch somewhere at my mum's <laughs> house, <laughs> throwing in the grass. But, um, but, I, but I remember, but, uh, I think it was Kenny McDowell scored um, for them. Um, and Bobby Flex scored for us, I think, and uh, he came out. So, I mean, the point was, it was a one straw. You know, it was a bit of a, oh, you know, there was a, a touch of anticlimax about it. Did we not win that one, 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 one? Physically. I thought we won that one, one, one. Yeah, I thought we drew it. Anyway, okay. anyway. anyway I've been at these games where they haven't gone quite to plan. Yeah. Um, but tomorrow's about getting the trophy, um, and, and that's what we'll be focused on. But I think it would be disappointing if we. <laughs> Don't put Aberdeen to the sword. <laughs> um, you know, breaking a hundred points feels that, that's phenomenal. Yeah. You know, can, when you consider where we were this time last year and, and how we all felt, uh, that, that you know that that's phenomenal. You know, we I think in our wildest dreams we thought, you know, if we are still in contention coming into May, you know, give me that. You know, give me yeah. give me two games to go and we could still win it. You know that that you know. The fact that we're having this conversation just now, what a season, what a team uh, we put together. Uh, you know, what a run. Um, 100 points, unbeaten all season would just be, would be remarkable. That would be, and I use this word, I, don't, I use this word advisedly, that would be legendary. You know, that would be a Rangers team that would be talked about for all time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, I've, uh, I'd rather we go to the Scottish Cup, if I'm being honest. But, you know, the closer we get to it now that we're on the eve of a potential invincible season, you're like, aye, you know, when's the next time it's going to happen? Uh, so, yeah, well, that said, Celtic done it about three years ago. <laughs> and we've, we've came like two or three years later and I went, aye, we can do that as well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, aye, it would be good, it would be good. But uh, I, I still prefer the Scottish Cup, I must admit. But anyway, uh, Aberdeen, John, you're talking about, you know, you know, last game of the season, presentation days that haven't went quite well. Now, apparently Rangers were close to an invincible season eh, previously. I think it was in the 70s and they lost to Aberdeen at home in the last, the last day of the season. All right. Eh, and I was, I was at, I was at a, a game against Aberdeen, I think it was 88, 89, and they beat us 3 0. I was in the West Enclosure that day eh, and we got presented with it that day. So they've got previously, I mean, we've beat them every time we've played them so far this season, but you know, I mean, they, they consider it to be a bit of a rivalry. I only consider it a rivalry when we're up there at Ibrox. I don't consider these games that big, if you know what I mean. But the, the games at Pataudi are, are, are always pretty big games. But, you know, we need to be careful here. Uh, and we're down to the bare bones in terms of team selection as well. I think there's a chance Arfield could be back tomorrow. But, I mean, he, he only named, like, six subs on Wednesday night there, five or six subs. I was very near getting my boots suit at the cupboard and heading up to Livingston you know what I mean see if I get a wee, a wee stint on the bench but aye we have to be careful tomorrow we have to be mindful that if, if we give Aberdeen the opportunity they could, they could spoil the day yeah Aberdeen are a better team than Livingston so you know you would expect that there you go John uh, well uh, they are they're a better team than Livingston they, they are they're a funny side just now because since they changed managers uh, it's almost like they wrote the rest of the season off and they're, they're kind of trying to sort themselves for next season. I hadn't realised they'd signed Declan Gallagher. Yeah. Um, Scotland's Scotland's centre-half, Declan Gallagher. 
Um, I hadn't realised they'd signed him for next season. I didn't know that had gone under my radar. They've, they're in funny form, you know. They, they've they've won a couple of games. They beat they beat Livingston. Um, they beat St Johnston actually, who are obviously in decent form. Um, but lost to Hibs, um, got hammered by Dundee United in the cup, and played off the park by Dundee United. And, and you know, Dundee United are no great shakes this season. So no. they're they're, a, they're in funny form. They lost to Hibs during the week. Their season's petered out. Um, they have a new manager who's clearly trying to. You know, I think there's a few players be making their final appearance for Aberdeen tomorrow. Um, um, and I suspect there's a few of them you know, can't wait for the season to end their big problem is scoring goals Lewis Ferguson's their top goal scorer and their top assists as well um, you know so when you're you know when a midfielder's your top goal scorer yeah. with nine goals I mean I think he's scored the same amount of goals as like a, an average Ranger centre half this season <laughs> um, you know he's, he's at that kind of level so look Aberdeen, every team in Scotland lifts a game for us, and Aberdeen are no different. Yeah. Um, they would, we would really like to spoil our party. Um, if we play to our strengths, they won't. Um, you know, Aribo at fullback is a worry. You know, he isn't a fullback. You know, Aribo at fullback is a worry. He played very well the other night. I suspect Aberdeen, if they see him, on, if, they, if it's the same team, and there was talk that Barisic, we talked today, Barisic might be fit. But no, no, he did. Uh, General no. said he's, no, he's out. No, the only, the only one that, of the injuries that might make a, an appearance Arfield. tomorrow is Arfield, yeah. Right. So, you know, fullback's going to be a challenge for us. Um, I guess we're probably looking at the same team as, as started um, the, the other night. I don't, I don't know if Arfield would come in. Um, I suspect Arfield best he would hope for is the bench. So, yeah, too, yeah soon for, too soon for the boy King, you think? He's not a fullback. He's a centre half. So do you pitch a seventeen-year-old in out of position? I don't know. That uh, sounds a very Rangers thing to do, actually. For me well, <laughs> yeah, the problem is actually uh, you mention it, but I, I mean, you and I standing here would say, "I give it a go." Uh, that's not that's not what Gerard has done in his three no, years in charge. No. You know, he's not. Being somebody to, I can't understand. I can't decide whether Gerard is just. It's just a case of nobody gets into that team unless they've earned it. You know, there's not a. There's never a case of. All right, there's nothing much at stake here. We'll, you know, we'll we'll give a couple of boys a game. We'll blood a couple of youngsters. I think his mentality and I think the culture he's trying to build at the club is you'll only get in, you'll only go in that park. If you have earned the right to go in that park, so the fact he's seventeen, the fact that we're, you know, we're down, we're literally down to the bones of the of the team. We're not even getting enough subs on the bench. I don't think that's enough to get him on that park. He'll only get on that park if if he's shown in training this week that that you know he's better than Joe Aribo is at fullback, which you'd kind of think, you know, surely chance, surely. Surely. chance. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. And Aribo did all right that night. Strangely, did, you know, yeah. I think Tamara was did. covering well, and, and actually, I think it worked out pretty well. Um, you know, the centre half, the, the, the sorry, the centre midfielders did, did a great job in, in keeping it. And the thing is, then when you've got Roof, Morelos, Kent, and, and Hadji all playing, you know, that gives the other team something to think about. You know, when that's a fairly, and a fairly potent type, a, 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 a attacking force from there. So I, I suspect that will be how he'll view it again, I think he'll just say, right, you know what, just go in and just just give them so much to think about that we don't have to worry about defending. That's my view on what will happen. 
Connor Golson, John, uh, you know, he's looking 5,000 minutes. He's going to break through the 5,000 minute barrier. He's played every minute, uh, every game this season. When I mean, you consider where he was three, four years ago, you know, heart condition, you know, had to get an operation. And I saw, I saw a, a photo of him recently when he was at Brighton. And it, 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 he's a skinny malink, you know what I mean? That he, physically, he has, you know, he's, he's, Came on leaps and bounds, and he's he's a leader of men. I mean, I know he's not a captain, but yeah. you can tell he's someone that's absolutely looked looked up to in that dressing room. And you know, if he completes the game tomorrow, uh, incredible achievement. It's almost unbelievable in this day and age for a player in that position as well. You know, in certain halves, you know, it's you know, it's a physical position still, probably yeah. still the most physical position in in, in the pitch, and, and you know, even from a position of not getting suspended. Yeah. You know, most centre halves will pick up, you know, accumulate bookings. It shows you a, how well we've played as a team and how well he's played as a, as, as an individual. Uh, I like Goldson. You know, I, Goldson actually was my player of the year last season. Um, you know, the rest of, of Jair's net was wrong last season. Oddly, he wasn't my player of the year this season, but but I, I like Goldson. I think Goldson is, I think we take Goldson for granted. And, and you know, at some point, Goldson is going to go out of the team. And that's when you'll really see you his worth. You'll realise what he does because he controls that that defence. He marshals it. He gives McGregor, um, he gives McGregor confidence. He he gives the, the sitting midfielders in front of him confidence. But he, but he he keeps that that line. And and I think the other remarkable thing again we've probably overlooked is, you know, he said what three different four different centre halves to play yeah. with alongside this season. Aye. And, you know, and, the, in the same month, yeah, well, <laughs> well, he started with Katic, um, yeah. and, and then obviously he's had Talander and he's had Balogun, and now he's got Simpson, um, and maybe he'll get King tomorrow as well. So, so that alone tells you something about him. Um, I, I saw an interview with Gerard, of, I don't know, last season maybe, and he was talking about um, you know, will you rest certain players? It must have been a cup game or, or something. And said, you will you rest certain players? You know, will Golden be rested? And he said, no. You know, Conor Goldson has missed enough football and he's told me he never wants rested. Yeah. You know, if he never wants left out of a team. If he gets dropped for forum, that's one thing, but he never wants rested. Um, he wants to play every single game because, you know, I guess he had a period where he thought he may never play again. And as far yeah. as he's concerned, you know, who knows? Who knows what the future holds to play every minute you can, which is a fantastic attitude as well. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the kind of attitude that Davy Weir had, I think, because he came into the game so late that he had this, I am just going to squeeze this sponge dry and keep going until he was, you know, 39, 40. So, yeah, any wee concerns that, you know, no no deal signed yet for, for, for Golson? Aye, I would be surprised if, if clubs aren't interested in Golson. Um, and I would be surprised if, you know, a middling... Goldson for me could play in the top league in England. You know, I, I'm, you know, I think Goldson could move to a team in the top league. He's not going to move to Liverpool. He's not going to move to Manchester City, but he could certainly move to an Aston Villa. He could move to a, a Crystal Palace and 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 fit in very well. You know, we forget. You know, Brighton. You know, Brighton were a, a Premier League team when when um, when he was there, and and you know, but for his illness, you know, who knows yeah. where his career could have gone. Um, yeah, it's a concern. You know, I, I, the club haven't said a great deal about it. We just no. have to kind of see what's what's coming, it's I guess. Coming. But, yeah. you know, Golden has value to us and it would be 
very, very disappointing to see him go. Um, but the better we get. I, for me, the big lure is Champions League. You know, because whenever Goldson goes, he's not going to get Champions League football. Yeah, yeah. So that, that for me is the lure. That must be, you know, that must be in Morelos' mind. It must be in Kent's mind. It must be in Tav's mind. Barisic, you know, all the guys who could go, Kamara, all, all these guys that could go, they must also be looking thinking, I wouldn't mind I go to the Champions League. Yeah. I wouldn't mind a few games in that at, at that level. Um, just to see. Just to see what I'm like. Um, so uh, that's the lure. But yeah, I, I would be disappointed if he left because I'm a big fan of, of Conor Goldson and he's had a wonderful season. 5,000 minutes. You know, you can't quite get your head around how no, much football that is. Um, and know, how, little, how little goals he's conceded in that time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Of the of the 5,000 minutes, what was it? 13 minutes he's, he's, he's conceded. Uh, but on, on to the big thing tomorrow, uh, John, the, the, the trophy presentation itself, you know, that's a thing we're all looking forward to. And and the the, the achievement itself from, from Stephen Gerrard. Now, when you, when you look at it, I mean, they got manager of the, the year again today. Uh, when you when you look at the, the, the job over the three years, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a feat in itself. But when you look at I always look at that Harps game last season when we got put out of the Scottish Cup and how he looked at that point. And he looked fairly broken, in my opinion. It's the only time in his Rangers career that I thought he looks like he's ready to walk. You know what I mean? And I think he was. I think it crossed his mind that maybe, you know, he'd taken Rangers as far as he could take them. You know, and the season had kind of ended in disappointment last year. The turnaround, I mean, not just to win the title, but as I've said earlier on there, to win it, so stylishly, you know, to win it went before the clocks had even went forward. You know, the amount of goals that we've scored, the, the, how few goals we've conceded, the fact that we're, we're looking at an unbeaten season. And also when you add Europe to the equation, you know, the, the, the run again that we had in Europe, as it's, as you say, it's, it's a season that we'll look back on in years to come. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. You know, after that Hearts game, after that Hearts game, you did wonder if, because by that point, the league was... Was, was was pretty much, you know, it was unlikely. Celtic were in a very strong position. You know, with hindsight, with what happened to Celtic this season, you do now wonder if we got to finish last season, would things have been different? You know, but who knows? Um, you and I, I think it was you and I, maybe it was Ross, maybe it was David, I don't know, but, but, but I think it was you and I had a chat at the start of the season before everything started uh, about what our expectations were and, and, and for Gerard. And I think at the time I said, look, he has to win a, he has to win a trophy. Because even at the start of the season, you know, we wanted to win the league, but I don't think any of us went in feeling massively confident that we were going to. Um, you know, we, we went in hopeful, but maybe not, we're not necessarily confident. But we all thought there's a cup. I mean, this is a team good enough to win a cup. This is a team good enough to beat anybody on its day in the league. Our issue has been consistency. So, so um, we, we were, I think, thinking about um, it, 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 what, what did we see? And I, and I think a cup. And I think, ironically, because of the way we've played in Europe, I think that actually got Gerard some breathing space. You know, I, you know, I suspect if we'd been, you know, put out in the qualifiers like, you know, frankly we've been used to um, over the years, and then had the two seasons that we had, Gerard would have come out, come in for quite a lot of criticism. As it is, he speaks so well. You know, he he conducts himself so well. Um, he, he's got a tremendous feel for the club very, very quickly. He understands the supporters um, and he's managed to build a team spirit 
that is second to none in the league. And I think for me, I think the thing that's really swung it is the, is the football we've played. You know, I'm not saying this is the best Rangers team of my lifetime, but it's the one I've enjoyed watching most. You know, I, 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 the adv- Advocates' first couple of seasons, we played some superb football with some fantastic football players. But I actually think this current team plays better football. I'm not saying they would have beaten that team. I'm not saying that team had some fantastic players in it. But I just think the football we're playing just now is even better football. You know, in terms of watching, in terms of just being in, in, entertained, uh, it's fantastic. And, and that's all down to Gerard. You know, Gerard wants football played the right way. Um, so I, I can't speak highly enough of what he's done. Yeah. Um, I, I, it's the hearts game that I look at, you know. He really did look, not a broken man, but it looked like it was getting to him and it looked like he was ready for for reconsidering his position. And to go for that to that, to, to where we are now is... I've said it umpteen times, John. My man love for the guy knows no bounds. You know what I mean? It, it, what he's done for our club is uh, is superb, and I'm really looking forward to him getting that trophy tomorrow. I mean, I'm I'm happy for all the players, but I'll be glad. And and for him himself, I think there's a bit of healing in, for Gerard himself. Personal level. Yeah, for what happened to him. You know, I, th- I think for him to go, to be part of a team that that's winning a championship means a lot to him. You know, so aye. I can't wait to tomorrow. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm actually. Let's be I'm, honest, Colin. If he wears jeans tomorrow, you'll forgive him. <laughs> that's that's how much you love him. Oh, he can't be looking like a shinty goalkeeper going to pick up the trophy, John. That's that's, I, I that's just not one. Stephen Gerrard could move to Inverary and actually play shinty, and he would never look like a shinty goalkeeper. <laughs> That's 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 fair comment, actually. To be fair, uh, but I'm pretty sure he'll not be wearing jeans tomorrow. Uh, but mine. Put that spare bed in the shed just in case. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So I think that's we need to call it time there, John. Uh, so a big th- big thanks to John for his for his contribution tonight. Great stuff as always. Uh, we'll have a show out on Sunday night. Uh, it is Ross. Let me see. I've got it in front of me. It is Ross hosting your man John McCallum there and Stuart Weir on Sunday night, and they'll cover everything. Uh, from tomorrow's game, including the trophy presentation and all that kind of stuff. In the meantime, however, get yourself onto the Jersnet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Uh, as I say to you every week at the moment, with the moment now, guys, uh, stay safe, look after yourself, especially tomorrow. Whatever you're doing, try and be responsible, uh, support the club in the right manner. Uh, and until next time, bye for now. <laughs>